This programming is sponsored by the Dan L. Duncan Comprehensive Cancer Care Center at Baylor St. Luke's Medical Center, offering comprehensive cancer care that is compassionate, personalized, and driven by clinical research. More at stlukeshealth.org slash cancer. This is the Engines of Our Ingenuity, made possible by the friends of KUHF Houston. Today, first aerial combat casualty. The University of Houston's College of Engineering presents this series about the machines that make our civilization run and the people whose ingenuity created them. Farnham Thayer Fish was born in 1896, son of a wealthy Los Angeles doctor. At age 15, he went to Dayton, Ohio to learn flying at the Wright Brothers' new aviation school there. By January 1912, Fish had his pilot certificate. He immediately bought a Wright Model B biplane, had it sent to California, and within days had flown his first air show. Next, Farnham Fish went to a Curtis Air Show in San Diego and began selling rides. But Glenn Curtis came up to him and told him to get out or he'd throw that right biplane into the bay. So Fish turned around and flew home to Los Angeles. Within hours, his phone was ringing. It seems he'd unwittingly made the first nonstop flight from San Diego to L.A., and a reporter wanted the story. Several Curtis pilots had tried to do that, and none had succeeded. I won't try to tell all the daring do that Fish got into after that, but all the while the Mexican Revolution was heating up. The revolutionary Pancho Villa was a hero in U.S. eyes, and so he remained, at least until he crossed the border to attack a New Mexico arms dealer who'd supplied his enemies. That's when General Pershing brought the U.S. Army in against him. But two years earlier, before Pancho Villa fell from American grace, 18-year-old Fish had gone off to fly with a group doing experimental aerial reconnaissance for him. They flew a mix of primitive Wright and Curtis biplanes, bamboo, canvas, and wire. Fish favored the Wright Flyer B, which the Wright brothers had sold to the Army in 1909 and were continuing to improve. Then, Farnham Thayer Fish became a significant historical statistic. He was scouting the troops of Villa's enemy, General Obregon, and found himself 500 feet above several thousand soldiers. He couldn't tell whether they were Villa's or Obregon's. The troops settled the matter by opening fire. His comrades saw the plane returning in a straight, slow glide toward them. It crashed, and they ran out to it. It was riddled by enemy fire, and Fish was unconscious. A single bullet had passed through his calf, continued through his thigh, and come to rest in his shoulder. He'd thus become the first American casualty in the history of aerial warfare. Of course, World War I was just about to begin, and true aerial slaughter would begin with it. Fish went back to Los Angeles to recover, but he was soon flying again. In 1918, he enlisted as a flyer in the U.S. Army Signal Corps and served overseas as a test pilot. There's more. 1942 saw 46-year-old Fish briefly back in the Army Air Force. So, Farnham Thayer Fish began his service as a flyer in three wars as war's first airplane casualty, and yet he lived to the age of 82 after we'd flown all the way to the moon. Hero or adventure junkie, I don't know, but one thing is clear. This fish was a rare bird indeed. I'm John Leanhardt at the University of Houston, where we're interested in the way inventive minds work.
This programming is sponsored by Trinity University, where the spirit of inquiry can inspire a resilient and diverse community of lifelong learners to answer questions and question answers. More information at trinity.edu values.